I'm your host, Jason, and once again, another special guest. We have Jeff Ponder from Let's Go Blues Radio. You can talk now. Oh, hi. <laughs> Hello. It's good to see you. There you go. So, um, and Jeff's coming on in, in studio. Look at that. And yeah, it, I'm it pay, actually it here. It pays that you're, you, you live close to me now. Every single other person that's been on, they, they don't want to come out to your lovely abode, yeah. but I'm more than willing to. Yeah, and it helps that you're not that far away, too. Yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, not a little further, further away than you used to be. You used to be right down the I, street. Yeah, I was, uh, you were on my running route, actually. Yeah, I, I ran too, up and down your street before. Yeah, we weren't too far. So you're, well, uh, For those that want to come stalk him, he's real close to, uh, to uh, uh, Kylo Ren uh, Elementary. That's what I call it. Yeah, yeah. It's in the Parkway District. That's yeah, not you, the real name. Yeah, you can figure it out there. But so. it should be the Kylo Ren. Yeah, there's a lot of houses right there, so it'll be hard. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> so season end, the Blues, for the first time in six seasons, so it would be, a, yeah, seventh, did make the playoffs. One, four, and one when it mattered the most. That's mm-hmm. my thing. That's the stat i kind of been talking about, um, where you were this close to kind of being there. Like you were on the eight, you won eight of ten after losing six in a row. <laughs> The definition of a roller coaster season. Yep. Um, so, just give me your thoughts about end of the season, season in general thoughts. Um, who you thought maybe surprised, excelled, where you well, think the coaching is, this was whatever you feel like talking about. This was one of the biggest roller coaster seasons, I think, in, in at least in franchise history, but probably in St. Louis sports history. I mean. You look at December 1st, 2017, they were in the driver's seat of the NHL. They were right there with Tampa uh, in Vegas. And, uh, you know, people, I, we, we just joked about this on the last Let's Go Blues radio uh, podcast. Um, I had picked the Blues, <laughs> everyone's going to laugh at me, to win the division uh, early in the year. I thought they're the upset favorite because I thought Chicago had taken a step back. I thought Nashville had never really proven to be a good, like a super good regular season team. Um, And I thought Dallas, everyone was a little too high on them, which proved to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought, hey, this is the perfect season for the Blues to step in and and do something. Um, And I remember in in December, Kurt had picked the Blues to be a wild card team. And he said, Jeff, I... You were right. Like at some point, we have to admit that this is the team that they are. They're not going to regress because this is who they are. Right after that was when they went on their their it was December tenth on. Yeah, yep. from the Detroit game when yep. when Schwartz got hurt. Uh, that was the turning point of the season. Yeah, I think they were twenty three, twenty six. And like seven, I believe. I don't have it in front of me like I did before, but it was under five hundred. Yeah, by a long shot. And and it, and it wasn't just that that they weren't getting the breaks and and that you know they weren't uh, playing their game. They played awful, and they were they were bad. They when you watched them early in the season, you said, "I can't believe these guys." I mean, you look at the defense scoring goals. You looked at that top line, and you just said. Yeah, maybe the second, third, fourth line, maybe they're not contributing the way they could, but they're playing solid defense. They're keeping the other lines off the score sheet for the other teams. But then 
December 10th hits, and all of a sudden the team looked like they imploded. I mean, it looked like they had somebody else had jumped in their jerseys. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, just you know, they 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 come back and start playing a little better after that six game skid. And you you know, you said one eight out of ten, and you're like, okay, you know, they're back on track. Still not going to be what they were to start the year, but at least they're getting somewhere. Jake Allen started picking his game up, and it just looked like, okay, the season isn't lost. They can sneak into the Pacific bracket of the of the. Uh, uh, just drop my wallet, just oh. so everybody knows. Yeah, okay. um, but they can sneak into the division bracket, take on the Golden Knights in the wild card round, and who I think they actually matched up well with. I think they do too, and I know that we're looking at it now, and, and this is probably going to date the podcast. But right now, the the Kings are down three zero on them. Yeah. But I still think. I mean, you look at how close those games have been, and you look at how. The Blues do still play a little bit more of an offensive game than the Kings do. I think they would have played really well against them. You play the Knights, who knows? You could get to the Western Final where you're probably going to meet the Jets or the Predators. Maybe that's the end of your season there. But, you know, it's like, okay, we got hope here. They're going to do something. They're actually going to make the playoffs. They're going to squeak in, and they have a chance. Then they go on the four-game, three-game, three-game losing streak. Three-game losing streak, yeah. And they looked like the team that had just lost six games. I mean, it's that just... Chicago game broke, yes. broke me. That was the game that broke me, and I was I was exactly how Doug Armstrong, that, like, whoever was NBC cameraman, like Chris said, like, of course they would be on Doug Armstrong. Like, being, a, being in media and being like that, like, you know a director had a camera on him a whole game, just didn't show it until it mattered, and... Well, you know what's funny too goal, is that with eight seconds left, he... I've I've actually talked to injured players before and asked them, you know, when you're in the press box, you know, you're not playing, do you purposely kind of try to mask your emotions as much as you can because you know there's going to be a camera on you at some point? Yes, they say yes, and I th- would think that GM has the same mentality, but at some point. It, you you get broken, and I think that that moment when Duncan Keith scored that goal. By the way, his second of the, season. Second of the season. He just scored maybe it was like ten games before that. He went through most of the season. I think it was like sixty plus games. Like he didn't score a goal. Yep. I mean, it just it broke him just like it did. I mean, the, the, his reaction on that was how every single Blues uh, fan and player and member of the of the organization felt. I mean, yes, that that broke me too. That was at the point where I said, "Yeah, they're not going to do it." Because um, if you, but now, of course, you look back at it, like right. a, even a point out of that game, you're you're in. You're at least. I mean, I don't know how the I, I believe. Out. Yeah, if they would have gone to overtime, I believe if the rest of the season would have shook out the way it did, I think they would have gotten. I think they would have snuck in. I'm, I'd have to double check. That, I could be I wrong that, on that too. I'm not yeah, sure. So I can't remember if it was an overtime, whatever it was, or shootout. Loss, yeah, whatever. Whatever. At the very was. least, it would have given them a better chance, yeah. even if they just would have made overtime. Yeah. Um. And and you know, and then, then we go into the 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 the, the second to last game of the season. They beat Chicago pretty handsomely. Berglund gets the Hattie, and you say, "All right, they're going to step." Colorado loses to L.A., and you're like, "All they got to do is win tomorrow night." Now, yep. Lay an egg against Colorado ends yeah, the season. I mean, it was. And- such an up and down season. I've never seen anything like it before. Um, just a just a real heartbreaking way to end the year, you know. And I know that um, a lot of people had them not making the playoffs, but again, I think those same people in December were saying, "Oof, I was wrong. This team is going somewhere." Yeah, 
just like everybody said, Vegas, like I was, of course, just like everybody else, Vegas. I'm like, uh, yeah, a bunch of castaways. Like they'll sell at the deadline. They'll be last place, get the first overall pick, get a top guy, work their way, just like every other expansion team. And like you said, let me date this, but looking pretty darn good against the Kings right now. Up three nothing. They play tonight, I believe. Of course, by the time this posts, the Kings will have pulled a four game four sweep, game sweep and, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we're so, going to look I mean, like idiots again. Yeah. So I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But yeah. So <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah. A lot of crazy things happen this year, especially uh, with the Blues. So, I want to get your take on. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, the season-ending press conference, or at least get highlights from it. Um, that's something like I fully was just like, oh, it's nothing. The one thing I wanted to know out of it was how Tarasenko was because he had that right. very light hit at the end of the, in the beginning of the Colorado game and didn't look bad. And he acted like his shoulder was falling off. So part of me thinks that's something that probably was lingering around, and it just finally snapped. Yeah. Um, had He was out four to six months with reconstructive shoulder, mm-hmm. shoulder surgery, which is interesting. Um, well, it really does. Like you said, it, it makes you wonder if it was lingering because you asked me um, any disappointments from this year, and I hate to say a guy who had, I think it was 33 goals on 33, the year, yeah. was, a, was a disappointment, but – there were long stretches where he was not even noticeable on the ice. And if you have been watching the Blues as long as we have, we've been saying for years that this is one of those eye-catching players that this team really hasn't had since Demetra, maybe Hole. Yeah. I mean, he takes the ice and you know he's on the ice. That wasn't the case this season. Um, I, he was getting beat along the boards constantly. Um, he was losing the puck uh, in high-scoring areas. His shots were blocked. way more wide or blocked, blocked yeah. more than usual. I mean, he just he didn't have that scoring touch we've seen him have. It made a lot of people question his heart, um, uh, you know, all that. But But really, at the end of the day, he just didn't look right to me. And, and uh, again, maybe that is a question of heart, but I feel like there was just, there's always, there's been something there all year um, that just hasn't been working for him. I mean, I remember early in the year, even when they were clicking, people were saying, well, well Tarasenko's not scoring. Why isn't Tarasenko scoring? It's been all Shen and Schwartz. And, it, and at the time, it was like, well, I don't care if he's not scoring. They're winning games. That's yeah. all that matters. Unfortunately. But yeah. once they hit the, the, the huge scoring droughts they had, you need your number one guy to step up, and he wasn't. And and I'm not trying to, to dog the guy. It's that I think there was something wrong. So maybe this surgery coming now, um, and uh, you know, I think that the injury in the last game forced their hand because it seems like players, their first reaction with an injury is always – well, you know, I'm going to, you know, take some time off and, and I'm going to, uh, what do they always say? They're uh, uh, going to um, rehab or re- yeah, rehab it. And, you know, and they, they, they don't, oh, uh, surgery is not always their first option. Yeah, And right. maybe what happened surgery. in the last game made them say, you need surgery. You have to get the surgery now. Especially with the break. If that, that doesn't have. happen, if that injury doesn't happen, maybe they go another way. So I think in the long run, this is going to help. We'll see what happens. We won't know until October or November. Mm-hmm. But um, if we can see that dynamic scoring touch again from Tarasenko, obviously uh, the surgery is a success. So we'll see. Ho- hopefully we don't have a Fabry situation on our hands. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and it's, I hate the, like, always till next year, but it seems like that's just going to be the case this year. Uh, well, it's and, the case of the Blues, right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so the other thing uh, I thought was interesting with people out of the press conference – 
um, where uh, Doug Armstrong fully in, well, fully endorsed Jake Allen, and a lot of people were taken aback by that. Um, I was not because two things. A, he has to due to the contract gave him. B, even if he is a 100, 110%, I'm trading this mother effer this offseason no matter what, even if I get peanuts for him. You can't tell everybody that. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, you have to play like, yeah, I have to show that I value the guy because other teams then might see that if you value him, they might consider him at least a little more valuable because you don't want to depart with him. I mean, so I didn't, I didn't understand why everybody was very uh, taken aback by that. Yeah, so so we kind of discussed this again on, on our season wrap-up show on Let's Go Blues Radio, and the thing I related it to is a couple years ago, the San Jose Sharks, um, they had a, I want to say it was a first-round exit. might have been the year they uh, blew the 3-0 lead on the Kings. I the can't Kings, remember. Yeah, yeah, the- um, but uh, they had uh, Dan Boyle, and I believe it was Martin Havlat mm-hmm. under contract. And in the postseason presser, um, Doug, uh, Doug Wilson, the GM, did come out and say, I'm going to buy out Dan Boyle, and I'm buying out Martin Havlat. And, I mean, he was straightforward with it. I don't want him on my team. I want him gone. But the difference is he had the room to do that. He mm-hmm. has an owner that allows buyouts. He has a, a – you know, they're financially stable to where the team can handle that, and they can handle the cap hit that would come with it. The Blues aren't in that situation. They have an owner who has a very uh, a tight budget – um, because of just who he is, which, you know, I mean, he still allows the team to spend. You know, this isn't a, a Rocky Wirtz situation. Yeah, it's almost the, to the cap, basically. Right. And, um, and yeah, so, but it's just buyouts aren't going to happen with this team, not yeah. with this ownership group. It's the only team in the NHL, as of right now, that has not used that clause since the well, lockout. Well, there's two. I mean, the Vegas well, Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights have not used it yet, so technically. But <laughs> yes. technically, uh, leading up to that, the Blues have not used that yet, which is – right. Interesting. interesting. It's interesting that they're the only team. I mean, you think of, of other, uh, uh, the Winnipeg Jets or Atlanta Thrashers, you mm. would think they'd be a team that hasn't, but yeah. they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's quite the, the crazy situation, especially when you consider past owners the Blues have had yeah. uh, since the uh, lockout in 04. So, um, no, I uh, actually know it. They have since that lockout, have they not? Jay McKee? He was a buyout. Was after that one, but since yeah, the last since the last lockout, lockout. they're yeah. the only team that hasn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, like you said, what what do you want him to say? I mean, again, you can't. He's not Doug Wilson of the San Jose Sharks. He can't come out and say, "Yeah, I'm going to look to move Jake Allen, and if I can't, then I'm just going to tell him he's not on the team next year." Yeah, can't do that. You've got him under contract. You're not. You need to. I mean, for one, the guy still has trade value. Um, so, as, so if Armstrong, yeah, if Armstrong comes out and says, yeah, we're going to, uh, I'm going to look, uh, to trade options for Jake Allen, that comment right there lowers his trade value yeah, right now teams. Him. I mean, again, I mean, obviously behind closed doors, I'm sure GMs say things that we'll never know about, but you got to think right now teams are assuming Jake Allen's the number one goalie for the St. Louis blues next year. And a team, the only ones that come to mind for me are Ottawa and the New York Islanders. Maybe Buffalo, I throw in there. Maybe Buffalo, because Robin Lehner's a free agent this year. He's correct? an RFA, yeah. Yeah, so maybe there's a chance there too. But yeah, they, they're looking at it and saying, all right, who is possibly available for us to get in goaltending, in goal next year? 
And Jake Allen's name is probably on a very short list because you got to assume they're looking at, okay, top free agent, Carter Hutton and Aaron Dell. Um, mm-hmm. Trade targets. Jake Allen's the only one I could think of. Yeah. Maybe Jonathan Bernier it, out of Colorado. He is a free agent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a free agent too. He's so, the youngest free agent because everybody that's a free agent is 32 and above. Like Carter Hutton is the next youngest free agent outside of Jonathan Bernier when we looked, when me and Chris looked this up during our podcast. Um that may 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 have not made it there. I don't think it did actually because I think our recording got messed up. <laughs> but um, the joys of podcasting. Yeah. So if the Blues do something with their goaltending situation, uh, it's going to be trade. Like everything that I said to look into is obviously the situation which Blues fans are watching with great intent right now because of the um, playoffs is the Washington goaltending situation. Yes. Uh, Philip Grubauer unfortunately has not looked great. No. Uh, so far, I hope he came in, let in the game winning goal. Didn't see that many shots, though. Um, he only saw three shots total. Right. So, I mean, like, you can't really blame Holpe for that. I don't no. know if he's playing tonight. I didn't look at the – I thing. think he is, but, I, yeah, again, so he was, people uh, listening to this will be able to tell us. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> depending on what he does, I mean, this team, that team is out in the first round. Oh, boy. You're going to see that. You, yeah, you I think, think that – You think Blues fans are going to be pissed? Like, There is going to be a change, uh, a lot of changes, but one will definitely be in goal. And you got to assume Doug Armstrong will be on the phone – when that happens, yeah, um, I I think that I, uh, I think Holpe won last year. If I'm correct, he was in the Vesna last year. Two years, two years ago, ago two I years believe. ago, two years yeah. ago. Excuse me. So yep. I mean, you're talking a guy who's. It's not a Ryan Miller situation compared no. to what me and Chris talked about. It's not a Ryan Miller situation where it's a guy who's at the end or just getting into past his prime situation, right. which Ryan Miller obviously was. Um, this is Brain Holpe who is in the middle of his prime, in my opinion. Didn't have mm-hmm. the best of season. And making six million dollars is not great, so you're also taking a risk too. Just like if somebody's taking Jake Allen, uh, mm-hmm. is Holtby. I, th- I think it's overuse in my opinion because he played seventy games for the last like two or three years. Yeah, I want to say what was it two years ago? He played in seventy four games or seventy. Yeah, he tied. I think I know. I think he didn't. He, yeah, he tied or no, he didn't come. He came close. He's the last Which goal. It, he was. It's fewer, crazy to me because or something. I, like I that, think he 70. played seventy eight. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy to me because. Um, they've got a good backup. Yeah, Grubauer's This isn't good. a situation like Chicago has right now with not having a solid backup goalie yeah. besides Scott Foster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, and it's crazy to me. So, yeah, I, 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 think, I think if the Blues could get their hands on either of those guys, they'd be happy. Um, and, again, I mean, they'd have to either send Jake Allen in a separate deal or send him to Washington, which – at this point, Washington probably isn't interested to Jake Allen because they got Samsonov coming over yeah, next Samson, year. I was going to say Samsonov is rumored to sign on April I think 30th. he will be, and he very well could be their starter next year. I mean, he's yeah. the best goalie not in the NHL right now. Yeah, and I was uh, – somebody said – I was talking to somebody said, well, imagine the better version of Billy Huso. Yeah. I mean, young guy who is really highly regarded, but is NHL ready. Yep. Billy Huso, in my opinion, needs another year or two down in the minors. He's 22. Yeah. For God's sakes. Like, give the guy a couple years and guess if you bring a guy too early, don't ruin him. Right. In my opinion, just give him another year. We'll have full control out next year. Um, yeah. And, and, and I mean, kind of getting into the goalie situation for the Blues, yeah. I, you know, I'm not. Kurt Price always says something on our show. Um, he doesn't care who's in net. Whoever gives the Blues the best chance to win, they there go my keys. keys. Yeah. Um, whoever gives the Blues the best chance to win, uh, that's who he wants in net. And I'm with him. I mean, if, if, if the answer is if you can get Carter Hutton back for another year or two and you're going to roll those two again, 
If they give you the best chance to win, fine. Yeah. If the answer is Hutton Huso, if the answer is Allen Huso, I don't care. I just want a goalie that can go back there, be stable, and give the Blues a chance to get some Ws. Uh, because really, when you look at it, yes, goaltending was shaky this year. Um, they need to score goals. Yeah. They If they put one to two more goals on the board in some of those games, we're not even talking about goaltending. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you're losing games one nothing and 2-1, I don't care if they were the two weakest goals in, in, in the, the history of the league. you got to put pucks in the net to win games in this league. Yeah, the Blues were shut out seven times this year, which is a lot, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, let their foot off the gas pedal seven times. Yeah, at, <laughs> at least. Uh, also, the nine shorthanded goals this year, which is a lot. Yeah, they, I mean, like, there was a was, couple backbreakers, too. Was, that was a third most in the league this year. Yeah, so that Chicago game again. Yeah, um, uh, was that it, one from the point. It wasn't, I would say it was, it was a guy's first of the year. Yeah, I can't remember his name. but yeah, It was that it, game where it was like, First NHL goal, second of the season. Mm-hmm. First NHL goal, second of the season. So yep. it was one of those things where it's like you're playing, you're getting a bunch of guys that are just getting called up or guys that have struggled this year, and they're scoring against you. Yep. And the uh, – no, the one wasn't. It was DeBrincat's goal, that uh, third goal. That's right. That killed DeBrinket. me. That yep. killed me. No, and, and, and again, I mean, kind of getting into what you're talking about. So not only do you want offense – you need a power play that's going to scare the other teams. Right now... Historically bad. Right now, opposing teams don't care if they take a penalty against the Blues. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if there's a... If you are if you have the Washington Capitals, uh, uh, Ovechkin on a breakaway, yeah, you're going to do everything you can, probably take a penalty, but you're at least going to hesitate before you just yank him down because you say... Well, I'm not going to, you know, if I don't let him score now, he's just going to score in the power play. Blues don't have that. Yeah. You know, if they if every team gets a chance to stop the Blues and take a penalty, there's no hesitation because they know it's just going to be two minutes of the puck going in and out of the zone. So if you get a more commanding power play, that's going to do so much more for the mindset of this team. And and right now, they mentioned it in the, in the postseason presser that, that's on Mike Yo, and then I think uh, Doug Armstrong even said, "No, yeah. that's on me." Yeah. Uh, you know, I blame a lot on yeah. Doug Armstrong. Yeah. That one's on Mike Yo. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that has him followed him yeah. from Minnesota. I mean, he. I don't know if they need to hire someone, what they need to do, but they have got to get that power play clicking. For one, when your power play isn't clicking, you got to change it up, and he has not changed it up the all year. Thing he did was move Vince Dunn to the first unit, which helped. Yeah. Because uh, Vince Dunn is really good. Yeah, when Tarasenko was out. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a fan of having Tarasenko at the point. Me neither. I think he should be down low in the faceoff circles. I think that's where he's most dangerous. And I, I'm always a big fan of three forwards, two defensemen. Me too. I'm with you. It's now. And you have I you have guys it. that are capable, like Petrangelo, exactly. Franco, and Dunn I understood are all capable. it ten years ago. Because they didn't have defensemen that could score or shoot. Um, so, you know, you can't put Barrett Jackman out there in the power play. He's not Barrett a shooter. Jackman, but I was always like, you yeah, can't put him he's on not a shooter. Yeah. So, yeah, now you have guys like Petrangelo, even Carl Gunnarsson, Vince Dunn. These guys, not only can they shoot, they're good passers and they know how to work the puck around. So, on your first power play, really what you need to be doing is putting the best guys out there to set up the Tarasenkos and the Shens. And but they're not doing that. They're they're putting out all these guys. They they just stack it with with and that's something. When you put Alexander Steen out on the top unit, 
and and you have four forwards out there, you're killing your second unit. Yep. You need you know, give Steen all the grief you want. You need someone of his caliber who can shoot the puck on your second unit. Yep. Otherwise, your second unit all year had Berglund, Saboka, and Yashkin. Yeah. Now, good. even if you continue to roll Berglund and Saboka, at least Steen will get pucks to the net. Yeah. Or toward the net. Yeah, you need something. So, a lot of things need work. Uh, I like I said, I think you need at least one, maybe probably two, top six. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. You got, you got enough third liners to, to fill it out, but I, I honestly see a lot of those guys. I see more movement than people think. I'm being more optimistic, I think, than people. More a lot of Blues fans. I see there being a lot more movement on this team than Armstrong saying it's going to be a big off season. I think there's going to be more than we think because I think. Uh, I think the goaltending situation is going to be addressed one way or another. They're, and by meaning, I think Carter Hutton, unfortunately, has played his way out of St. Louis. He played too well. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not – like, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying he played so well. You're at, He's at a 32 years old. Time's to capitalize now. They get a con- good good size contract. Get that uh, James Reimer contract. You know, mm-hmm. get that $3 million contract yep. for being a, ba- a really good backup who could play a one – be a number one for a little bit, you know, like – he thinks he doesn't mind doing a timeshare situation, but he thinks he's more of a one A instead of a one B now. Yep. And he said he's not a knocking Jake at all, but he's like he's just, that's he's like that's how my play has been. Well, you know, which I hundred percent agree. He with. was a one A this year. He pretty much was. So the Blues do that such a way. Who knows? Like that's I mean the only way I could see it working out is if they move Allen before free agent day, and then they offer him a, a one to two years at three million per. Yeah, that's the only way I see him staying, but. I don't think that's going to happen. I think moving Jake, it's going to take a lot of time. I don't see a Yori Laterra trade being worked out. And that I'm not trying to compare Allen to Laterra. Something but, that pops up out of the blue, like the Yori Laterra trade, apparently happened like Thursday night. Mm-hmm. You know, when and Doug Armstrong talked about it during the year. Um, so that that was not even on anybody's radar. No, you know, and, so. and, and and there's a good chance that this one won't either. I mean, yeah. there's going to be a move made at the trade or at the um, the draft that nobody's going to see coming, yeah. but. You know, I mean, the James Neal trade from years ago when he went to the Nashville Predators, nobody saw that coming. Um, I remember when they announced it. I was at that draft. Um, They announced it to the media right before they announced it to the crowd. And uh, we were all, what? They traded James Neal? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be the same thing. If there's a move made, that's how it's going to be. But, yeah, I think if they, they address the goaltending situation by bringing back Carter Hutton, it's going to take moving Jake Allen out of town. Yeah, so that kind of addresses one of the things. A lot of things I've been kind of bringing up is I'm going through kind of our free agent list that we have. Uh, not too many UFAs, which is a good thing. Uh, four that are UFAs, uh, Wade Megan, which I think is going to be brought back on a two-way. Probably. They need, they need to fill that, that San Antonio team out. Yeah, uh, he's excellent on NHL 18, so yeah, I'm more so, than happy so to So there have you him. go. So move him down. <laughs> He'll be fine down there, and then um, – you know the Blues are signing a lot of guys, which I think, like I believe Tanner Kaspik just signed. Yes, he actually got assigned to the Manitoba Moose today, so he can keep playing. I said that's the only thing that's worked out of us not having an AHL team this year. <laughs> you can ask teams to take on these guys that are depleted because a lot of the guys are at the NHL level because right. their teams are still playing. Yep. So you can throw them on a team just to get some kind of experience, and there you go. So. That's one guy that's going to get down there. Eric Foley signed, which is great. I yeah. think that's going to be a big deal, more than people think. Um, I don't see him being a huge impact. Not but this I could, year. It'll be oh, a solid third I third think he'll be a guy. great third liner. Yeah, from what I've seen of, of some of his college tape and what I've heard from yeah. people who report on uh, 
on college level, he, he'll be an excellent third line player. Be yep. able to add a little bit of a scoring touch that's to the bottom, need, bottom so. six. We well, have enough of those guys, but you know, but like I said, guys are be cheap. You can fill it on the third line. That's what you're going to need to have a successful team. So okay, so we said Wade Megan. We kind of talked about Carter Hutton, so we won't get into that. Uh, so two kind of big ones left: Kyle Brodziak. I you got to bring him back. You have to. He made about he made one point two this year. If you can get him at the same price, and I honestly, I mean, I give him a little, even a little bump. I would say I give him a little bump too. I mean, not not an Alexander Steen bump, like one point five is what. Yeah, I, I, I go about one point five. I say on two him. years, one point at one point five. I love him as a fourth line center. I mean, he obviously he he was asked to be. Uh, more of a second-line player after Stastny And he moved. wasn't awful. I thought he was all right. Yeah. Yeah, I and I, I good, love actually. him on a third or fourth-line role. So, yeah. yeah, bring him back if you can. And last one is uh, our Ashley's favorite player, Scotty Upshaw. <laughs> I, You know, last year I, I even said, I'm like, man, I, I like Upshaw a lot, and I still do. Mm-hmm. But Nine I'd like to year, see what other guys uh, down in the system making – a uh, lot less money. Not that he's making a ton, but yeah, seven hundred and fifty, which is an awful. Well, okay, well, that's probably what guys are going to make, and that you're going to be calling up too. So, so but you want to change I, I'd like to. I'd time. like to see a little bit more of a change this year than we saw. I mean, and I, I'd be if they bring back Upshaw, I'll be happy because I like Scotty Upshaw. He's um, a guy that at this stage he can start moving into the seven everyday fourth line guy. Yeah, fill I, in he reminds guy. me of the when they brought back Jamie Langenbrunner for the second year. Granted, yeah. he got hurt. Yeah, but that was kind of the idea they had for him. Well, we'll play him in one of the back-to-back games, and you know we'll we'll play him once to twice a week. Um, that's kind of what I'm starting to see for for Upshaw because you want to start bringing up some of this youth and injecting this lineup with young guys who can take the rigors who of can the season skate and stuff because that's what yeah. you see a lot of a lot of the teams been very successful in the playoffs so far that I've been caught some games right. Like the Sharks are so fast. Yes. Yeah, um, and that's what this the team Knights needs. are very fast. Um, the Blues don't have that. So no. I, that's why I see the Blues doing more than people think. Because yeah, I think that's going to get addressed. And I think, I, I don't know, not to get back into the, the presser, but yeah. that was the one real issue I kind of had with um, uh, with what Armstrong said. Because it's all a lot of it's just lip service. It's yeah, just he's got to say what he's got to say. you got to say, you know, you got to protect your guys that are already locked up. You don't want them to think that they're going to get moved. You want to mm-hmm. make them feel comfortable. But when he said that um, he's only looking to uh, fill one to two spots with youth, Again, maybe he's just saying that because he's looking at his contracts and he's saying, okay, i got to make sure that all these guys know they're staying and there's no worry. Nobody's going out in the media requesting a trade or anything. But, man, I would be perfectly okay on forward if they rolled three young guys yep. to start the year because yep. they, they need that youth. That's the, that's what the league is going toward is I mean, look at Toronto. I, I know Edmonton had a bad year, but look at Edmonton. Mm-hmm. The, the excitement – the goal scoring that those young guys are bringing into the game now, that's what this team needs, and, and that's what they missed really all year, even when they were playing their best. Because I think, honestly, they have the defense. As much as I people so don't too. like Bomeister and stuff like that, I think if he drops down to being the third pairing next year, which I 100% think that's what they're going to do. That You know, that's something else that we talked about was, because I, you know, unlike you and, and uh, Chris, I'm not the biggest Bomeister fan, mm-hmm. but him in a third pairing role – Perfect. At this point in his career, that's he where he should like be. That. The key is staying that. And yes. I'm the same way. Like, I know where he's at in this stage of his career, and I get it. He can still be valuable. 
Yes. Despite that contract. But yes. he has to stay there. You can't say when something goes bad and you put him up a Perangelo with right. four games into the season. And that is – and, and I think with his – because I really do believe that a big reason that he was playing so many minutes, even injured, was because Armstrong thought the more I play him, the more his trade value will improve. But really, when teams are watching game tape and yeah, seeing he's how yeah. he's just getting walked – I mean, even Kelly Chase said that guys are just going wide on him and just beating him, which – Two years ago, you couldn't go wide on Jay Bomeister. Yeah, so, yeah, because it, 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 of his, his great reach, and, and he's just one of the best skaters on the team. But he hasn't been right, and you can't keep rolling out an injured player on your top pairing and expect him to, to be able to perform at the level they needed him to. So, yeah, if you put him in a third-pairing role, and I think, that it, I think we will see that this year because it's his last year of a contract. They know they're not going to move that contract. So... Why try and showcase him at all? Just let him do what he can do on the third pairing. Yeah, and I, like I said, unfortunately with the injury, if he played the rest of the year and played the way he was and he was not injured, say he was just not playing well and just regressing, as much as people don't like Bo Meester, I'm more of a fan. I, I really think it's more a movable contract than people think. I think there, unfortunately, there's a lot of teams that are not going to be good next year and have a lot of cap space. And I really think that there's not too many. There's one or probably a couple of teams out there. I'm sure every team has a bad contract. We're going to throw it at them. But I'm sure not a lot of them are defensemen that are halfway decent and don't have one year left. I think that the term is better than the hit. I can see that for this year. Yes. So if it was like a three years left, 100% agree. Not movable contract. Mm-hmm. One year at 5.4, I believe it is. I think it's highly movable. Hey, the way I see it, if Yori Laterra can be moved to the time he was, has, anybody can be that's moved. That's the way I look at it. And, <laughs> but you have to pay for it. I, that's the problem. Right. Unfortunately, you can't be throwing away first and second round picks to move your bad contracts. Right. That's the problem. So we'll uh, kind of get to wrap it up here. And like I said, I've been doing the I go three questions to kind of summarize everything that's been kind of going on. Uh, the team MVP for this year, in your opinion? My opinion is Braden Shen. Okay. Um, I think a, a lot Pretty of people... Pretty much pick, unanimous pick. Okay. Outside of one. We had, I think we had one Petrangelo pick. So. Petrangelo, you know what? And, and I, I would be fine with that, too, because I thought um, you can question his leadership all you want. The guy, uh, I thought, played like a Norris uh, defenseman again this year, which I don't think we've seen in the recent uh, past, you know, within the last two years. So mm-hmm. I thought he stepped his game back up to the way we know he can play. But Braden Shen just um, – I hate to use the cliche that I know a lot of Blues fans use, but I go back to that Avalanche game when he dropped the mitts right off the bat with yeah. Gabriel Landis-Cog, and then uh, the Blues just – that was right in the middle of them playing Play awful bad. hockey. Yep. And uh, they came out with fire after that fight. He scored two goals in that game. Um, and then just, just the way he played all year, um, you know, he was the driving force for the offense when he wasn't going, the offense wasn't going. So I would, I would definitely gotta, I gotta go to, to Braden Shen on that one. Yeah. And I think the best part of that, uh, was that he, in the warmups was telling Burgle and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna drop the gloves tonight. Yep. Like, um, he's like, he oh, knew really? it. And so he knew it. So that's why I love about it. And I think. As he's more, he's got two more years on his contract. Right. I think he's definitely going to grow into more of the leadership role. His first year at the team, you don't think you're really going to kind of step in and be a leader. Who knows if he's that's his personality? I don't know. But I think with more of a familiarity with guys, I think he'll definitely start to move into maybe a leadership role. And yeah, and from and what I've heard from um, people that, that I know that are still working in the media, 
he is very well liked by his teammates, you know, and, and he gets along with everybody, no issues. Um, so yeah, I, I could see, I could see him even extending his contract if, if he even comes close to the production he gave this year. Yeah. Which the blues didn't build him back to center for the first time in a couple of years. He yep. was, yeah. And he He's playing, I think right wing for the most yeah, part he excelled. So very good there. So this could be a lot of things. Uh, biggest disappointment this year. Well, I mentioned earlier Tarasenko, um, just you know, not seeming right. But I, I'm I'm not going to give him biggest disappointment. Um, I don't even really want to give it to Jake Allen um, because for me, he was. I think we all kind of saw this coming again because it happened last year, and we've seen year. him have his struggles like mm-hmm. this mid season. So really, for me. It's hard to even give that to uh, to Jake Allen. I'm going to go somewhere that probably no one else is going to go on this show. Mike Yo was my biggest disappointment. Yep. I uh, I I've just I wasn't a fan of his hiring. Um, I thought he was an excellent example of somebody taking advantage of a coach being fired midseason. And the team just responding to that move, especially when it's someone of Ken Hitchcock's caliber. Mm -hmm. And so when he came in last year, I thought, okay, we got to wait until next year to see where this team is with Mike Yo behind the bench for a full year. Um, The the uh, non-goalie interference calls when he just said, "Yeah, I didn't think we'd win that," so I didn't I didn't try to challenge. Okay, are you kidding me? Like with his gray of a line as the goal interference has been year. you're yeah. just going to assume you're not going to win those uh i thought he mishandled goaltending situation pretty much all year long uh he would either keep going to jake allen when he didn't need to or he would go to carter hutton at a time he didn't need to um and then again just not adjusting uh the power play was just atrocious all year yeah. and we never saw a change and then it's Ken Hitchcock 2.0. I mean, I loved Hitchcock as a coach and I still do, but his biggest issue and same thing with yo is trusting the veterans a little too much. I mean, late in games, a big thing in Minnesota. Minnesota. I had somebody tweet me uh, that I'm friends with up in Minnesota when Mike yo was hired and he said, good luck with your power play and with uh, getting your rookies to play. That's exactly the issues we're having. The fact that he was fired from a job in Minnesota and he obviously has not learned from it and he's still going to guys he doesn't need to go to. Vladimir Sabotka, I know you have an injury-riddled lineup, but he is not the man to put out there with a minute left and you're down by a goal. Uh, it's just baffling to me that he could would continue to do that and then not play. I mean, I know a lot of this is Armstrong too, Give one of your younger guys a shot. Call him up. You're not mm-hmm. scoring goals. What's it going to hurt to call up a Costin this year? Yeah, or my thing was, I believe it was a, maybe it was a Chicago game because it's when they had the power play and they score with eight seconds left. And Chris Butler was out there. Yeah. And I'm like, why is Chris Butler out there with two minutes left? And he got a penalty where he got beat because he's just not, mm-hmm. in my opinion, not an NHL defenseman anymore. No, no. And at and, best, he's your seventh defenseman. And that – uh that Mitch Rinky or whatever was the yeah. guy they signed. And I thought looked okay. He played shelter minutes, but, and you know, but it's whatever. I was at the point of that season where 
and then he went with veterans. And when I'm like, you could have tried the kid that Mitch Rinky and see what you had because you guys obviously saw something get him to give him a contract and put him on your team to burn a year of the two year deal that you gave him. Mm-hmm. And he saw a whopping eight minutes of game time in, all season, all season. Um, same with Jake Wallman, who didn't have a home this year. Yep, he bounced around to Chicago Wolves, the Binghamton Devils, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you need a lefty defenseman to bring up Wallman and see yep. what you have because he was the guy that you thought was going to make this team this year. Yep. And Vince Dunn came on, not come on nowhere per se, but played well. He's the only kind of younger guy that really played well under well, Yo and, this year and compared to guys like Barbashev didn't go anywhere. Yep. Uh, Yaskin, I, he is what he is now. I think he's a solid fourth liner. I'll follow them on the fourth line. But that's about Just as best you're going to get. Don't leave that fourth line. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Uh, none of the other guys really progressed under Yo no, either. So not at all. Uh, Dunn's about it, and I think he played out of necessity, and I think it's the type of player he is. Uh, I liked his interview. I don't know if you saw it on the uh, – it was on Post-Dispatch, I want to say. Maybe The Athletic, I'm not sure. Maybe both. Uh, basically talking about you do everything the same. Have you always done since you've been in juniors or a little kid? You put your equipment on, play the same game, but it's just being a different mentality. Mm-hmm. And I just like the way he answered that question. And I'm like, all right, this guy's going to be I'm not saying all-star or nothing, but I'm like, all right, they found somebody, solid top four defenseman that yep. you need. Somebody that you can slide in behind Edmondson now. Yep. Good stuff. I like that. Um, but he's the only guy you can really say, young guy that did well this year, rookie-wise, mm-hmm. rookie or second-year guy. Yep. So I agree. So. Yo's, no, that's Yo's lack of adjustments, like you said. I think is my issue too. Like, uh, and the point you made about Butler, that to me was the biggest tell with his his in, insistence on veterans. I mean, Doug Armstrong said in the presser, "What are you going to do um, with their injuries if they don't call up Butler? You know, are you going to have Wallman come up? Are you going to have?" He mentioned somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, he it's like put, he put. I mean, Limbaum was out, but I mean, he put Limbaum above like right. But Wallman. he he mentioned two young guys, and he goes, you know, we can't have those guys playing minutes for us. Well, why the hell not? Yeah. What do you you think Chris Butler is going to do anything more than a Jake Wallman's going to give you? And again, that's on the coach too. That's on Mike Yo wanting to play the veterans, and it's just no. At this point, I get that it's three games left. You're fighting for a playoff spot. I get that. But to me, I would rather see what a young guy can do in a make-or-break situation than Chris effing Butler, who isn't going to be doing anything for you in the long term. Yep, so that's uh, we'll see what they do. Like I said, like you said, I think the lack of adjustments on many fronts, power play, goaltending, uh, your zone entries, any Oof. little thing, it seems like there was uh, – issue uh, who knows if the, the assistant coaches kind of got called out in the presser too which we didn't really mention right they talked about their lack of experience and i'm like you're the one who hired them yeah I mean, you went exactly. with you went with first year guys you got to kind of expect that you know mm-hmm. you maybe you don't hire first year guys when you're looking only i think one they hired them on the cheap is what it was yeah. i don't know what they're making but my guess is they got them on the cheap yeah steve ott and then like david alexander the goaltending coach which is jake allen's boy you know jake right. allen's coach and you figure a guy like him should break him out of the slump because uh, he's known him his whole life, apparently, and yep. not really happening. So um, who knows what's going to happen. And you talk about the other thing, which I thought was interesting. We'll talk about this really quick. He said inexperience of coaching. i like to know who he was talking about. Me too. Because uh, Craig Brube has been an NHL coach, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl Sador has been an assistant for mm-hmm. two teams now, at least, right? Minnesota and St. Louis for sure, and he yeah. was he was in the, he was assistant coach for AHL team last year, right? Um, I think that Daniel Kachuk guy, mm-hmm. um, Steve Ott, and then David Alexander, your only first year guys. So 
I thought it was interesting that maybe – well, I'll say those three guys' names maybe, just lumped all the coaches together. But they're apparently getting a hard look at too because they think they all have one- and two-year contracts. Right. So – yeah, I mean, they were all interesting hires for me from the start anyway. I, when I saw the, you know, and they, they were listing all the assistant coaches brought in throughout the summer last year, I'm like, yeah. that guy doesn't have any coaching experience at all. And I think it showed, really. I mean, again, we can, it all goes back to Mike Yo with yeah. the power play and with all that. But at the end of the day, you've got your assistant coaches and practices working on the same stuff. And uh, if it wasn't working, then yeah, that's something you need to take a hard look at. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that that they need to fire all their assistant coaches, but when Mike Yo goes, which will probably, in my opinion, be next year sometime, mm-hmm. um, you're probably going to have to look at getting rid of your assistant coaches too and letting your new head coach bring in the guys he wants. Who do you – if um, – let's just say this offseason, uh, uh, well, a little – I could date ourselves here. Calgary just cleaned the house on their goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I called them coaches. Glenn Goldson was fired along with his two assistants. Mm-hmm. So that's a, one that's open. Uh, the Rangers fired Elaine Avigno. Mm-hmm. So there's two openings as of right now, at least. Right. Uh, Ottawa is a possibility. Dallas. Uh, excuse me, Dallas now with uh, Ken Hitchcock mm-hmm. uh, retiring. So you have three coaching vacancies open right now. Um, a couple of names that are out there. I don't know if any, any of these interest you as a possible There's one. We'll see if you list them. Uh, so... Oh, excuse me, Carolina as well, it looks like, is going to depart right. with Bill Peters. Not yeah, official yet, but it's pretty much been reported that he's going to, as soon as the playoffs are over, or yeah. whenever they can get his contract cleared out, and he's done. Right. So Bill Peters, um, Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett is the one I want. Okay. I've That's always been a Tippett fan. Which I, is a possibility due to, once again, Dallas connections. Dallas connection, but that is one that I would be more than happy with. I think uh, Dave Tippett and Don Maloney uh, in Arizona, the, the when they were together. Made them actually respectable for a long time. Yeah, people were like, well, what did they win? I'm like, well, they went to the Western Final with a team that had no chance of making the playoffs when they were owned by the NHL. Yeah. Dave Tippett has always gotten the most out of his players. And I would, Same in Dallas, too. Yes, and I would love, love to see him coaching the Blues. I was a Tippett fan. The other one that I thought was, it would be interesting hire due to a completely different kind of coaching style is Elaine Vigneault. has always been considered a more offensive coach than defensive mm-hmm. coach, which this team hasn't had in 10 years, about. Let's no, it, but, I agree. Uh, so, It'd be interesting for a stylistic change. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'd be fine with that. He's a proven winner. I and mean, the, yeah, he went to the finals. One game with a win in the Cup in yep. uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. And, and then uh, he I went to the finals with the Rangers. The finals with the Rangers at least once, and maybe the conference 2014, finals. 2014, yeah. right? Then he went yep. to the conference finals at least once with them as well, yep. I believe. Yeah, and I mean, and so, he's a yeah. solid coach. So I, I see Vigneault going somewhere. Definitely this off season. Oh yeah, he'll sign somewhere. Uh, but um, if I, it's not here, I, I'm well. It's not going to be here. Not but, be here, uh, but it'd probably be Dallas. Is my I guess. would see Dallas as well too. Um, I I don't understand why Tippett doesn't have a job. Um, kinda, I'm kind of I'm kind of mildly surprised about Dan Bilesma just because it's like oh that guy took over halfway and brought them to a, two cups I believe right yeah one I believe one and he got replaced. He went to the anyway. conference or he went to the. Didn't he go to the finals twice? Yeah, went to the finals twice. The first year he took over halfway and won. Yep. So, yep. yeah, so I'm surprised he's never kind of gotten another gig. Which yeah, is we'll see. I mean, I, I've I've heard that uh, he he is either commanding the room or completely not commanding the room. Yeah, because so, yeah, he flamed out in Buffalo. Yes, very so, quickly, too. Yeah. I heard that his message was lost very soon. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get another chance somewhere. But, uh, I mean, Mike Keenan's coached like five times in this league. So Yeah. 
So. That's true. <laughs> so it's, it can happen anytime. You have a show mild success. Some team will take a chance on Exactly. Yep. All right. So the last question is a wrap up here. Um, this is, like I said, fantasy realistic is why I'd be telling people. Fantasy one, I know the answer to. If you had one acquisition, you could do be Doug Armstrong for uh, one acquisition. What would you do? Require Yori Laterra. <laughs> Require. <laughs> I'll give you two first rounders back for Yori Laterra. <laughs> That's right. No, I. Uh, I mean, it's a tough question. I mean, like you said, the fantasy. Everybody knows we all want every NHL fan wants John Tavares right now. So, uh, I mean, that would be nice to see. But I just, I still just cannot see the Blues unloading the kind of contract he's going to command. I, I think the Rangers are priming for him. I think that's why they they dumped a ton of people. Um, I know Kovalchuk said that he is not officially signed with the Rangers. He hasn't, he said he hasn't had conversations with the Rangers. But you know he has. I think he has through his agent. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because the agent uh, can apparently discuss contracts, which I thought was interesting. I thought he had to wait till July 1st like everybody yeah. else. But no, I guess with the way the retirement I, I believe the Rangers are getting him, and I do believe that they cleared out salary room so they could get Tavares. Because they are not um, – they've said that this isn't going to be a rebuild, that they are just going to retool. Yep. And um, I think that – retooling means hey look at the free agents this summer there's one name so um i don't see that happening but it's hard to say what one move i would make because again as fans we don't know who's available in a trade yeah but one guy that i would like to see the blues bring in and this probably isn't a popular opinion um someone i followed his entire career um and i think he still has it he just was injury prone this year i think joe thornton would be a good pickup. Mm, interesting. They need to see. That's for sure. I think that um, that you could. I think he would do great with Tarasenko. Two years ago, I believe he had eighty points. Still, yeah. I mean, he's still a, a a productive player. And if you can get him at a decent price, if he doesn't work out on your second line, that's a hell of a third line center yeah. to have with Joe Thornton. And I think what that could do is it makes two extremely threatening lines because you could put. Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz with person A, mm-hmm. and then you have your other pairing of Tarasenko and Thornton. And I think if you split them up, I know people don't want to split up Schwartz and Tarasenko, but if you can get any kind of chemistry between Thornton and Tarasenko, mm-hmm. I think I could easily make Tarasenko a forty to forty-five goal scorer again. Yeah, that's an interesting um, take. So I would, I would love to see it. Obviously, Tavares does that too, oh, yeah. but um, I think Thornton would come a little cheaper. And you could probably even get him at one year. So that way yeah. if it doesn't work out, you can either trade him at the deadline or just say goodbye to him next year. So that's one thing I would look at. I mean, really, you look at the free agent market. There's nothing that nothing that, that really excites away, yeah. me. Uh, Thomas Plakanic's name's out there, but I'm I'm not really as a second liner anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. more of a third line player at this point. So if you get him cheap, great. But but you can't rely on that guy to be a scoring player anymore. Um, there's really not a lot out there, but. Really, I guess if I'm Doug Armstrong, I'm just any move I can make to get rid of some of these high-end contracts. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. I've been looking at, uh, even though Anaheim has not really played that well this <laughs> playoffs, one guy that I think is extremely intriguing, which because um, they need help at left wing apparently, um, I think the Blues should look at the help that, because I'm not sold on Tage Thompson. I know it's super early. I know that. But if a guy like Alex Brinkett, who has picked after him and come in and play really well, and you can't really notice Tage Thompson some nights. They're two different players. I 100% get that. It's just more of like, 
I just don't see it. Two different coaches, too. Correct. That's the other thing, too. I was really hoping Quinville would get let go because I'm like, that's that's the guy you would have <laughs> would to go after. I would love to bring Quinville back. You would have to go after that guy. You'd be stupid not to. But anyway, but um, a third-line right-winger who could play second-line minutes, uh, somebody who's defensively responsible, has speed, has a, sh- has a pretty decent shot, is Jakob Silverberg. Oh, yeah. I've always been a fan of his. I've always liked him. He's in Ottawa when he got that trade over. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby Ryan. Yeah, in the Bobby Ryan trade. I mm-hmm. think he still has his really good hands, contributes on the power play, I plays, penalty I think he could be a kill. guy that could slide up to your first line in a pinch, too. Yeah. If and you I have an injury. At, at 3.75 as well, not going to break the bank. Yeah. Um, if you could possibly uh, – they're not looking great <laughs> in the playoffs, no. so they might be out soon. They might need a minor shakeup. Um, he's going to come in and have a bigger contract. I don't know if the Blues could super afford that, so it might be only be like a one-year thing depending on how he plays. But somebody I think you should look into, especially yeah. if you unload somebody like, let's say, fantasy booking, of course, say Saboka in plus something, whatever they're looking for, prospect, pick, right, whatever. Look at it that way. That's if they're trying to shake things up. I think it's somebody you should look into. I think that's somebody that fits the modern NHL. Yeah. Um, it's somebody that's interesting. And I kind of saw it on one of the message boards, and that's why I look more watched the game, watched him specifically last night, even though that team did not look great. Mm-hmm. Um, man, but he just, to me, fast, plays both ends. That's what the Blues like. They need, they need speed. Right. I think it's somebody to look into. Like I said, it's only one year, and it'll be problematic after that due I, to I what you have I think Vegas your... is going to lose um, a couple, possibly lose a couple guys here in free agency or, or trade because they got to – um, I mean, they brought in Tatar. I thought that move was made specifically knowing they weren't going to be able to resign. Isn't it March or so that's a free agent? They gave him money. Okay, they so March so's back. There's that's a, six mil, though. They gave him a lot of money. They did give him a lot of money. But um, uh, guys like Perron and Neil. Neil Neil's available. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, there might be a couple guys there that you could at least speak with, um, you know, if you could uh, uh, make a, a minor deal with them. But... Really, at the end of the day, I mean, the Blues just, again, they need to try and get out from the Berglund and Saboka contracts. I know Berglund finishes the year strong every year, but you need somebody who can contribute in January and December, and he's just not doing that. Um, and I'd also, and we, you know, we talked about the defense, I would like to see an upgrade from Robert Bertuzzo. I think Bortuzzo's more of a seventh D man. Yeah. Well, what did you think about, I've seen this one after the game, and this is just because Blues fans like uh like fighters and stuff like that, or guys that are tough. What about Luke Shen? I would love Luke Shen. As the sixth guy. I'm a fan of his um, partially because I know uh, him and Braden have already played together in the NHL, and from what I hear, you know. UFA this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's somebody. And and they loved him in Arizona from what I heard. uh, I I would think you should look into it. And he was yeah, cheap. I'd be fine with that. Um, if you Freeman could get him, seventh, yeah. if you could get him at a decent guy. price, and yeah. it's not even that he's he's tough. He's he's defensively sound, and, and what you just need. That's and all again, I'm for. I think he's another one of those guys that he's got a good enough shot that if you've got injuries, you can throw him on a power play unit, and he's not going to kill you. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a guy that you look in that six seven spot, maybe challenge Bortuzzo for that spot. I agree. Uh, I'd like to see an upgrade there. If there's one change on D, that would be it. But. I think uh, really your your focus this summer needs to be um, getting, getting some, some more balanced here. scoring and figuring out your goalie situation. Yep, I agree. So we'll start to we'll wrap it up there and let everybody know where they can hear you slash get a hold of you. So um, you can find me on Twitter at jponder94. 
Um, I invite you to be my friend on Facebook. Uh, obviously, my name is Jeff Ponder, so just look me up there. Um, and then, uh, oh, let's see. Uh, well, our show, Let's Go Blues Radio. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at LGB Radio. Um, and then you can find our episodes over at letsgoblues.com slash radio. Um, also want to point out that this summer, um, uh, we have basically signed off, uh, with obvious exception being, uh, any big signings or trades or anything. We'll probably do a show then, but I'm going to be doing something, um, over at the exact same place that you would download our show at let's go blues radio, or I'm sorry, let's go blues.com slash radio. Um, it's, I'm, I haven't come up with a name yet. I'm trying to think of a clever name, but uh, I'm calling it like the Blues Interview Series, um, where I'm going to basically interview podcasters, bloggers, writers, try to see if I can get anybody from the organization, and I'm just going to interview them throughout the summer. Um, and, and really not even to talk about the team now, just kind of, you know, if it's a blogger or a podcaster, you know, why are you doing this in your free time? You know, why, uh, how long have you been a fan um, and then with the organization, how did you get to be where you're at? Uh, that kind of thing, more of a, a broad interview type. Um, so it's kind of a little fun idea I've had and I'm looking forward to doing it. So be on the lookout for that this summer. Uh, Jason is probably going to be on at some point. So if you like Jason show, I'm sure I'll tr- try to get Chris too. Mm-hmm. If um, you can book me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, if you, if I can get you guys <laughs> to come on, uh, I'll be having you guys on as well. So looking forward to doing that. Like I said, look out here, uh, Probably, uh, I would say, maybe first week of May, I'll try to have my first one up. Nice. So I'll also make sure you say, oh, we got to say, hi, Doug Armstrong. How are you doing? Yes. Thanks for listening. Yes, Doug. Thanks for listening. We Since appreciate that it. Came out of the, that was one thing I thought was hilarious during the uh, <laughs> presser. That he's like, he listens to bloggers and how they call team, how they call a couple of players on the team. Yep. And so. Yeah, he's, oh, like, you know he listens every episode. Yeah, that's why I make sure I say hi every He likes the sound now. of our sexy, smooth voices. So that's why I say hi to Doug every episode now. So, <laughs> anyway, so thanks again, Jeff. Uh, we'll continue this. We'll have a couple more people we'll hear from in this, our little season wrap-up series. And we'll go from there. So, if you get hold of us, at Blues Hockey NHL on the Twitters, uh, blueshockeypodcast.net for the website, uh, Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast, and lastly, email blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Keep it all simple and easy to remember. So that'll be it for this one, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Hockey Podcast, your host Jason, and I have Mr. Blues Hat with us doing the season wrap up. Thanks for coming on. Oh, great. Thanks for having me, Jason. So, um, we've kind of been uh, doing pretty much the wrap up so far. Uh, I'll just get your thoughts on the end of the season. Blues on the run, uh, two points in the last uh, six games. Uh, not great when you're trying to clinch a playoff spot and it comes down to the last game and they completely. Uh, I say run out of gas. I say that game, they just, I think they never were in uh, going from Chicago, where I think they put a lot into uh, since they blew the game in St. Louis, which pretty much cost them, I think, the possible playoff spot because if they got a point out, that would make it a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, I think they still would have lost, I believe. 
So uh, what's your thoughts on the end of the season and the season in general? Yeah, the end of the season was uh, certainly disappointing in, in the way that it happened. Um, I, th- I think if we go back to some of the, the interviews or some of the, the talks I had at the beginning of the year, um, I pretty much expected the Blues to be struggling to make the playoffs anyway. Uh, but the way they went about it was much different than uh, than I had anticipated. I, I kind of figured this this mediocre team playing all year, uh, and yet they come out, you know, gangbusters in the, the first uh, month and a half of the season and then just collapse. Uh, so same result, but uh, not not how I envisioned it. They, they did it in a very blues-like manner. Yeah, you get your hopes up and then they crush you. So Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so they uh, start off the uh, best team in the league through December 10th, or top team, at least in the West, I believe, because I think Tampa, they were was just a point or two ahead of them at this time. And then just under 500 the rest of the year. So uh, not great. Well, and, and that underscores, I mean, how bad they really were to go from the top team in the league to missing the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't just mediocre. I mean, they were bad. Yeah, and bad in a lot of aspects. So yes, uh, as everybody plenty, was thinking, go plenty ahead. of plenty of blame to go around. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people first want to go to uh, Jake Allen, which I do see that as an issue. But I think you're when you have Vladimir Saboka in your top six, and you had have that Scotty Shaw in the top line for a little bit, you got problems. So no way, no way. If Sam's a bust, you say it, and your injuries are just general lack of planning, uh, having a decent team out there and being to the cap that for being a cap team, that's not a good team. No, no, it was really bad. And, and I, you know, you hit it on the head. I know a lot of people can very quickly go out and point at Jake Allen and, and he's not without his faults. Um, uh, you know, with this being the second year that he's had his little January, you know, mental breakdown, um, there, there's certainly something missing in his, in his mental makeup that, that's keeping him from, from taking his abilities and, and being able to apply him for, for a full year. But having said that, I, I think this whole thing ended up being a, a big, uh, circle jerk of, of, you know, there's no scoring and then he can't come up big and they don't, you know, now the scores don't trust him. So they're having to, you know, play a different game and, you know, then they're playing a different different game. They're out of position, so you know Jake gives up more goals, and it just became this big, you know, round and round. Uh, so, so I, you know, again, Jake's got his problems, but uh, certainly the team didn't help him out in in, in many of those games. Yeah, I think you just brought that's an excellent point on how one thing feeds into another. How Allen maybe has some soft goals going, so the forwards maybe play a little more defensive and lay back, and then so the offense isn't there. So then Allen feels he has to stop everything, and then, like you said, it goes round and around and around, and uh, yep, this is what we wind up with. So uh, no playoffs, one point out. The Blues finished 14th, not 14th, but uh, 14th. More best record that the team that didn't make the playoffs, I guess you want to say. So they have a 1.5% chance of getting the top pick and a 3% chance of moving into the top three. Uh, not unlikely. I guess now uh, both all three teams last year moved up. Uh, Philadelphia is one of those. And so was I think New Jersey was about in our position last year and got the top pick. So. Boy, wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting if that winds up happening. After. But when have the Blues ever had that kind of luck? Yeah, I know. So I figured we're not going to move up, and I figured the pick's going to go to Philly. So if you kind of have your mind around that already, and you do get top a top three pick, I mean, there's some decent players up there that can really help out, right. push the pick to next year. Uh, then you can use some of the players you have now to possibly get rid of a bad contract or two. So, uh, so who knows what's going to happen in the draft? So, uh, let's go and talk about the press conference that happened. Sure. Like I said, and uh, this probably people listening, eventually listening to this, is going to be tired of me saying this, but I thought nothing really of note came out of it outside of Vladimir Tarasenko's injury, uh, his uh, shoulder injury. He's four to six months. Uh, had surgery yesterday, which would have been the eleventh. We're working on twelfth here of April. So. Um, what do you think of the press conference? Is there anything that jumped out at you that you thought was interesting? Um, not too much. I mean, you know, a lot of it's just, you know, we, we have to, to wrap up the season and it's a, a bunch of mea culpas and, and, you know, we'll be better. I mean, it, it's something that has to be said, even even though more often than not, there's not anything earth-shattering. Um, I, 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 do, I do like that Armstrong did you know, point the finger solidly at himself for, you know, putting the team out there and, and, you know, claiming responsibility. I mean, if, if nothing else, it could lay the groundwork that if, uh, you know, next year is, is just as bad that, uh, you know, maybe lays the groundwork for, for a change. Um, and I also think, uh, you know, yo basically, uh, point the finger at himself for, for a lot of things, but particularly the, the power play woes, uh, you know, maybe that will be the impetus for some kind of real change, uh, you know, in that aspect, too. So, but other than that, uh, yeah, pretty pretty standard press conference. Yeah, I thought it was, for uh, some point you said, the other thing, the other thing I thought was interesting on how he said the uh, inexperience of his coaches uh, shown through, and that kind of might have been an issue, and they're going to evaluate all the assistant coaches, which is interesting because Craig Rube is, kind of a veteran coach and been an NHL head coach. Daryl uh, Sador has been around. Uh, I talked about this on earlier, but like his only three guys that have left, Jake Allen's coach, goalie coach, um, Steve Ott, and I think it's Daniel Kachuk. I think are the three guys that were, never had coaching experience that were brought in uh, this season. So those are guys, maybe those guys are getting evaluated and possibly moving on. Is it Brube? Uh, I always kind of thought Brube might be moved down to San Antonio. Uh, Blues have full control. He did really well in Chicago a couple years ago. Do you see him uh, possibly doing that, or do you see them uh, making a change maybe in the coaching ranks? Not the head coach, obviously, but maybe somebody, assistant or one of the other coaches, skill coaches, whatever they have. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I really hadn't thought about that, uh, moving Barube back down to San Antonio. Um, that's That's – that's interesting. I mean, he had uh, some success at, at uh, elevating some careers, you know, when he was in Chicago, uh, and, and and maybe they'll do that. But uh, on the other hand, too, if he's one of the more experienced people, you know, do you want to lose him at the NHL level to, you know, again to to help yo if you're going to keep some of those younger guys to to help the, bring those guys along, you know, in, in any. I mean, people don't get experience, you know, without having the experience. So, I mean, you've got to start somewhere. So, you know, I, I guess as part of the evaluation process, I'll have to say, well, you know, 
is it just normal growing pains or are they just really crappy coaches? I mean, they'll, they'll have to go through those, those uh, evaluations, but uh, you know, I, I don't know that it's uh, out of all the issues, especially kind of the way the roster has been built. Um, I don't, I don't know that the coaches really, you know, outside of the power play being pathetic. Uh, I don't know how, how much changing the coaches is really going to help you there. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see if that's something that uh, possibly changes. Uh, I think there's going to be – I'm predicting more changes than Blues fans think there's going to be. Uh, I'm saying there's going to be more than I think. People are thinking there's going to be nothing really done. The Blues can't do anything. I'm kind of going over. I think Blues are going to – I think Armstrong is going to do a lot to change his team up for the better or for worse. I you know I couldn't tell you, but uh, I think he's going to do more than people think. Uh, he bad, has, I don't know. Yeah, he has to. He needs to. The the question is, is he going to be able to? Um, yeah. You know, like I said, uh, if you have to dump some contracts, uh, the only way to do that is you're going to have to attach a decent player or a decent pick. And uh, like I said, I think you might have to do that if he's going to get rid of any players. Uh, well, even, even as much as we look at, you know, uh, how how great was the getting Shen for Laterra? Uh, but, it, you know, that costs us – in the uh, in the picks department, so yeah, an extra pick basically. We you know we can't you can't unload all your crap contracts by you know unloading all your picks. I mean you know then we're going to be without picks for five years, um, yeah. and so you're really mortgaging the future there. So uh, he has definitely got his work cut out for him because if if uh, you want to get any kind of you know, number one center or, you know, any player of significance, uh, you're really going to have to to unload some salary. Yep. So it's going to be interesting, uh, interesting summer. I think the draft could be extra, uh, extra interesting. And the Blues fans are watching that a little more intently this year than maybe in years past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, let's move on to, uh, I think, today's news, which uh, to a degree, the Blues uh, were put up for sale, at least part of the team. Uh, Dave Checkett's group, the, uh, I think it's, uh, was it? SCP, SDH, whatever they name. SCH, anyway, I think. Yeah. SCH, yeah. They put up their part of the team. How much of it? We don't know. It's a minority stake. How much they're asking? We don't know either, but that's been put up. Uh, still, they put out a big statement saying that Stillman is, the team is not for sale. The team is still, uh, Tom Stillman is still the president or hockey operations, whatever he is. Um so this is a process I think will go for a long time. Do you, I kind of don't know what the, what's going to happen here and how much they're going to give for this team. The team was sold for about 135 um, and Ford valued them over $400 million this time. So, uh, And I think at the time it was uh, – at the time of the sale, it was like around 180 or something, right? So, yeah, you, can, so you can almost surmise that, you know, that's – that difference is probably the amount of a minority stake, I would guess, but um, it's 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 always hard to tell these things when they're private. Yeah, so it's going to be a process that's going to go on behind the scenes and uh, will probably pop up here and there throughout the uh, season. Because last year took over a year for for them to get sold when the last time they were up for sale. A little different this time. It's not for majority stake, and I don't think I'll we'll see ownership change, but. Uh, I guess you don't know until it happens. So, yeah, and I, I don't know what uh, you know. Just the the intent of putting up for sale. I mean, you know, he's still got to find a, a willing dance partner. So, 
I, I don't think there's any way that that he can just back out. But uh, you know, and, and hopefully there's there's not any kind of requirement where you know uh, Stillman has to buy him out at, after a certain time. But uh, although actually that's kind of what I would prefer to see is kind of a one ownership situation. But you know, uh, I don't know how how many more pockets Stillman can find to to fund this. Now, having said that. You know the valuation has has gone up, and uh, you know getting all these renovations paid for. You're basically having a a semi new building, uh, you know, which will probably again, if if they get what they you know they want out of it, will increase revenues, which will increase valuation. So this is a good opportunity for somebody to get on that ground floor before the uh, the valuation goes up and uh, and ride that that wave of of uh, in, increased value. Yeah, I do know the Blues, uh, blues ownership uh, partners, I guess, whatever they're called, Scott, the Scott Free Partners, whatever they're called, um, or Keel key, key Partners, whatever they're called. Um, like the family that owns uh, Renner, Enterprise Runner Car is one to keep an eye out for. I knew they were showing them the building with their possible name change that leaked out earlier in the year, so that could be somebody who maybe wants to be more, a little more ownership and possibly having the name on the building maybe as part of the ownership stake. Who knows? Uh, there could be a lot of things that come up. So it could be somebody from outside St. Louis as well. So, But I think they're going to try their best to keep it local if they can. So That would be the best. That would be the best, but you never know. I mean, money talks. So Right, absolutely. So uh, we're going to go to our last little section here. The last little thing I have been asking people is three questions, basically, to summarize the season. So, uh, first question is, who is your season MVP? Uh, I think it's it's got to be Shen, hands down. Um, and I'd be surprised if if you got any other uh, any other votes for that, except maybe Petrangelo. I think he comes in a, a reasonably distant second, but uh, but he had uh, really a really a growth year, I, I think. Yeah, and that's but, pretty much what's happened so far. He just hit a nail on the head without even uh, hearing any of these answers. It's pretty much everybody said it's Braden Shin. I just said somebody said Petrangelo uh, recently, so and made a pretty good argument. But uh, like you said, uh, Chen had a career year, showing he could be a number one center again. Um, if Jaden Schwartz was healthy all year, he would have been there too, I think. But an uh, injury derailed his season. That's true. Tarasenko, uh, I think, as much as uh, – they say that shoulder injury happened in the last game. I think that's something that's been hanging around for a while. Yeah, especially when you look at that hit. I mean, it really didn't look like anything. So <laughs> I've, regardless of what they say, I've got to believe there was something there that uh, would also maybe play into why he had a little bit of a down season, even though they had such an electric line, you know, with uh, Tarasenko, Shen, Schwartz, so. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, hopefully, Tarasenko's ready for six months uh, in the surgery. Hopefully, you're ready by the time uh, training camp starts. They're evaluating in training camp, so um, but they won't have the offseason to train. So he could have on the kind of predicting a slow start for Tarasenko next year, just till he gets in shape, uh, and right. then maybe he'll start turning it on after uh, maybe after the All Star break. Who knows how long it takes him to get in shape? So that could be 100 percent wrong. But I think if you don't have enough training in the offseason. Um, especially somebody like him who has, needs a lot of body strength and uses that to get around guys. Uh, it could be something that affects him next season. So That's true, but at least he can keep his cardio up by, by doing bike work and stuff. So Yeah, for sure. So uh, my next one is, and this could be a lot of things, unfortunately, the way the season has gone. 
uh, your biggest disappointment on the year? Um, I, to me, I, I think it's what we talked about at the beginning. I, I think uh, I think coming out so strong in the beginning of the year, um, and, and even that roster was depleted when, when we started the year. Um, and, and I've said this several times, when, when Berglund and Bo Meester came back, uh, I, I had said several times about them messing up the chemistry. And, and I think there's, there's something to that. Um, I, I think they did, you know, whatever the Blues mojo was in the first part of the season, uh, seems they lost when those guys came back. Um, you know, theoretically, those players should have contributed and wouldn't expect them to go from first to worst. So um, I, I just, I just think that the epic failure after being in first place would, would be my, my biggest disappointment. Cause even if they were mediocre, we're pretty solidly in the playoffs, but they yeah. were just so bad. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a downturn at the end there. You just, yeah, no matter what game they play, it seemed like it was a, uh... Didn't look great. They were shot out almost. Uh, they were shot like I think seven times. I have my notes here. Seven, seven times. Seems like a more lot. than that, but yeah. uh, it's not good. One almost a one every ten games you're getting shut out. Uh, your offense is in the bottom twenties. You're not gonna even if your goals against was in the eights. Um, I think Carter Hart was a huge deal with that. As much as Dark Armstrong tried to point out how that stat was, I think Carter Hart having a tremendous season. If it wasn't for that, I think you'd be uh, you would have further out of the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, in a lot of things went wrong this year, uh, unfortunately. Injuries, uh, lack of scoring, shoddy defense, shoddy goaltending, a lot of different things. Uh, okay, and the last thing I have is you're going to be Doug Armstrong and you're going to make one move to make this team better. And like I said, it could be anything from realistic to fantasy, whatever your heart desires. So, uh, what do you think that move would be if you had a, a – uh, there. That is that is tough because this team is more than one move away. Um, I, I mean, he he has got to land a big ticket center. Uh, I, I know you know with Tavares being the you know the free agent. It's it's easy to say free agent, but you know I think he's almost going to have to to trade his way out of out of this mess. So um, you know who that is. It's hard to say. You don't know who who's willing to dance and, and what what price is uh, is he willing to play. But uh, I mean, he he's got to get just that the the big you know number one center kind of guy. I mean that 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 has to happen. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know you're looking for like a dream guy or name. I, you know. Oh, I mean, I'm for whatever. Maybe you know, more than one move away. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Tavares would would be the the easy pick there, but uh, but again, you could could pick a lot of guys off a lot of rosters that uh, that maybe could could help us there. But uh, mm. you know that that's got to be the the, the the biggest move you make. Yeah, uh, it, it it'd be be good if we could. Uh, I I think the the Allen experiment probably is uh, is done, uh, but that's also a pretty much untradeable contract as well. So, um, you know, that's a, that's another thing, but you know, and how many money goaltenders are there? I mean, you almost take a crap shoot 
Um, you know, you've got you've got a, you've got a, a couple of guys in the league, yeah. but uh, you know, outside of a couple of goaltenders, I mean, everybody's had their ups and downs. It's uh, don't seem like you have too much the the money guys anymore. Like you know, when you had Wah and Rodeur and you know Kosick, and yeah, there's those guys that you knew they were gonna be world beaters every year. Yeah, um, it's uh, interesting uh, what they need to do. And uh, a couple of the names that have been floating around for Blues fans, obviously Tavares. Um, I see them revisiting the Hoffman deal and seeing what they can do there. Um, that could be a possibility. Um, I think, honestly, they need to keep an eye on the goaltending situation in Washington. Um, I think with Grubauer starting game one, I know they're playing tonight. I haven't checked the score yet, but uh, if he does well and gets them pretty far, he could be the guy to go with, and they're in a bad cap situation, as uh, Jeff Jones was just uh, on, kind of said. Uh, Braden Olby could be a guy that it could get. Uh, problem is they won't take uh, Jake Allen's contract. That could be a situation where you might have to sweep get a and third party in, too, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I send them somewhere where goaltending me. A goaltender in general, like uh, – at least four teams off the top of my head I know is going to need some kind of goaltending going into offseason just due to losing guys unrestricted. Uh, Islanders, Buffalo, um, Ottawa would have needed a goalie. Uh, Carolina possibly could, depending on what they do with Darling. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of different places that uh, you could go. So, uh, will they take them? That's a different story. Uh, depends if their team's going to get uh, upgrades as well. So, well, and I and I think that what further clouds our situation too is, uh, you know, what is Hutton's situation? Is he willing to come back? What, how much is he willing to come back for? Um, you know, you, you can you can take a little more chance with some some other goaltenders if if you know you've got a, a solid backup. If Hutton walks and now you're you're bringing up uh, Huso. Uh, well, you know, now you've got a, an unproven guy in the NHL. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to figure out. Uh, I think Huso would be well served to be in San Antonio for as oh, much as a absolutely. year possible I, next year. I'd, I'd hate, I'd hate to bring him up, and I, I, I think they, I, it, it's just too, too much. It's going to be too much riding on next year to uh, rely on a rookie goaltender as your backup. Yeah, I don't want to have you one injury away from no matter who's the starter, if it's Jake Allen, Carter Hutton, Braden Holpe, somebody else, and then you have Billy Huso as your backup. I I just don't like I don't want the team if you go out and spend the money to get good guys like a John Tavares, Mike Hoffman, whoever. Uh, I don't want to have to be relying on a guy back there that has zero NHL experience. I mean, who knows? Something miraculous could happen. Look at Matt Murray did a couple of years ago, but you also have a couple of Hall of Famers up in uh, Pittsburgh to help that out. Possibly one of the greatest players ever. So, like I said, it's going to be an interesting offseason. So, um, if anyone would like to get a hold of you, where would they find you at? I'm on Twitter at, at MrBluesHat. Um, that's that's where you're going to find me hanging out most often. So, well, thanks for being on once again. Uh, we'll probably make this uh, uh, probably come on again. And I enjoyed it when you came to our uh, 100 podcast. I appreciate you coming out for that. Oh, no, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, definitely get to uh, uh, get together soon. And I'm sure uh, we'll be talking again. 
multiple times probably during the offseason the Seattle Blues are doing. Not really that far away from uh, from the draft, so. Yeah, I know. So it's going to be about two months away, which is really weird to think about that already. So Right. All right. So thanks for coming on, and we'll talk soon. All right. Great. Thank you. Yeah.